Hello and welcome to Green by Design. I'm Erica Reiner from Eco Method Interiors. And today I have with me Kate, and I'll have you pronounce her last name for me. Bachner. Bachner. Thank you very much. And Kate Bachner has a very interesting job. She is the founder of Wise Matter, which is a new eco home consultancy focused on aligning our living spaces with our health and environment. So that means she works with owners of residential build teams to select their interior and structural building materials of the highest quality. She uses the research of chemists, architects, and thought leaders to choose materials with non-toxic chemicals and that favor sustainability. So Kate, thank you so much for being here. I'm very excited to speak with you. And um, I would love for you to kick us off by letting us know a little bit more about your journey and how you got to what you're doing now at uh, Wise Matter. Okay, well, thank you for having me. And my journey is a little different, I guess. Um, I have an art history background. So um, my undergrad is art history. Then I got my master's in contemporary art. And then I worked in the New York uh, City art world for a really long time. And while I was working there, I learned about climate change and sustainability and started really getting into green building. And simultaneously, I was finding the art world a little too insular. So I took courses at NYU. I got my lead uh, green associate accreditation. And then I kind of just like forced my way into <laughs> the green building world. Um, I got my real estate license so I could be closer to buildings. I worked with inspectors because when you're selling a, a building or an apartment, uh, an inspector comes in and checks out everything to make sure it's okay, learn from that. And then um, this company called Healthy Building Science just took a chance on me, really. And um, the material, the healthy material world was really kind of getting started when I joined. So there weren't really many experts. There were just real people who were um, passionate and also uh, like very, very intense researchers. Um, and I always had a fascination with how space affects behavior. And that's kind of what led me into the art world and being a curator. So I was like, all right, well, green materials, interior design um, does that. So I, I think this would be the best suited niche for me in terms of green building. I love that story. And I love windy backgrounds because I have one too. So, um, and yeah. I love how all the experiences culminate for such a, you know, setting yourself up for such a unique position. So, um, what is most important to you in terms of green interiors? And I know you've worked with a lot of designers and furniture makers and things like that. Um, what is most important to you um, to see happen, I guess? I think there's two things. One is vetting um, a product or material for chemical composition. And another one is sourcing the material for its sustainability. 
And a lot of times those go hand in hand, but I'll give you an example of sustainability um, or eco-friendliness, sustainability and eco-friendliness that they become like such buzzwords. I'm trying to find a different word, but um, right now let's just use that. So for wood, for example, um, there's FSC certified wood which is like the gold standard in sourcing wood, which is incredibly important because now like wood floors and wood buildings are becoming, or wood commercial buildings, obviously homes are a lot of times made of wood, but um, it's, it's like considered a renewable resource. However, if we're sourcing it from a forest that is like a plantation forest and it's um, monocropping just one tree or it's clear cutting, um, that's really doing a disservice to the natural world, but it's also doing a disservice to us. Um, so I find that it's really important to source natural materials um, properly and also um, understand that there's really a link between um, what we do to the natural world, to our environment, and how that really gets back to us. So say you have a material in your home and it's not really affecting your indoor air quality, but the manufacturing process of it releases pollutants and carcinogens into the air, that will get back to you. That'll get in your soil. That will get in the water. That will get in the air you breathe. And I think that that um, gets lost a lot. Absolutely. And really a good point that you've made. What's so funny is when I'm explaining the difference between sustainability and non-toxic, I always use that example. I'm always like, oh. okay, we do FSC wood, <laughs> FSC wood, yeah. but it doesn't mean that the table was finished with non-toxic stains and adhesives and stuff, stuff like that. But sure. you took it one le level bigger and said, even on the back end, the production end, um, it's really important that we look at not just the finished product and does it off gas or get into your lungs in some kind of way or your skin or whatever um, in your home, but the people a making it and then b the community at large, the country, the world at large, um, air quality, soil quality, water quality, all those kinds of things. So um, yeah, really well said. Okay. So um my next question for you, what would be your top three favorite ways to see interior designers that you would work with go green? And that could be sustain oops, sustainable, or that could be non-toxic. What would your three big pieces of advice look like? Oh, wow. Um, okay. Sourcing FSC wood. Um, so, so making sure that the natural materials that you're sourcing are responsibly sourced, um, because that will, like I said, that will ultimately have an impact on the environment, the people around, but also the homeowner, right? It, it gets back to the homeowner. So that's one of the things. Next is um, really understanding that materials affect human health, like really getting to that, that it's kind of like um, how the food we eat affects our health, the materials that are in our home. You know, we end up picking them up. We end up picking up the dust from materials and putting it into our mouths and breathing them in. So we're ingesting a lot of these things. And I think it's really important for interior designers to understand how um, really important 
it really important it is it's not this like fringe thing or just like this buzzword that oh let's like be trendy and call ourselves green but I think that it's important to um I guess um something easy is to learn about green certifications as your guide so like if you don't want to go into like this chemical you know learn about all the chemicals and become like a you know, a chemist and like, no, that sounds really overwhelming, but there's some certifications that you could look at that could help guide your um, decisions. So like for stains, it could be uh, green guard gold um, for wood, FSC for paint, um, zero VOC. And it's important to also ask if there is any exempt VOCs in your paint. So I I, I didn't know that. Thank you for teaching us that. Yeah. Maybe I'm going on a tangent. So just like, stop me if I'm. No, but that's a good little tidbit. So exempt VOC. So VOC is the reason why they're a big deal is that they cause smog. That's why they've been um, curtailed. Um, So the VOCs that are regulated are the VOCs that cause smog. The VOCs that don't cause smog are not regulated and they don't count in the um, overall Mm. VOC measurement level. Okay, that is such a good point and tip. So you're really gonna wanna look for paint companies that are going above and beyond, maybe the specialty paint companies who have been doing eco-friendly, non-toxic products for a while now. Yeah, you know, even bigger ones like Benjamin Moore, is really responsible. They, Good. they're they my do, go-to. <laughs> yeah, they do. They make sure that their pigments don't have VOCs and they don't use exempt VOCs. There's also um, Ecos paints. Yes, Ecos. Really um, and then there's really cool mineral paint. Like there's this company called Roma Bio that uses um, like limestone kind mm-hmm. of paint and American clay. And what's cool about that is that it's Um, inherently like mold resistant. So you don't have to worry about like biocides or mildecides being added to the paint because it's inherently, it already has those qualities. Beautiful fact and tidbit there that I'm sure everyone's gonna put in their pocket. Um, Okay, so what would you like to see a little bit more of in the interior design industry? So this whole whole point and mission of this podcast is to A, connect to like-minded individuals and have discussions and all that, and and B, be a voice for um, be a voice for the industry as a whole that's trying to push it into a greener space. So we want to make certain things more available to us and to our designers and our clients and then the people making them as a whole. So what what are a couple things or one thing that you think we could do a little bit of a better job on? I think it's um, important to know like the high impact categories. So like a lot of times you can't choose everything you have a budget and you have um time you know there's um time constraints so i would say concentrate on wet applied products like coatings and sealants um uh 
engineered wood, make sure that the binders are, doesn't have like formaldehyde in it. And um, it abides by like carbs to standards, which fortunately in California, that's great because um, they have to. Um, watch out for halogenated flame retardants, which are in um, fabrics and um, like uh, sofa foams. Foams, yeah. Yeah, foams and stuff like that. So basically, um, all right, so- Wet applied. Wet applied. So that's for you all know listening, but yeah, so anything that's like paint, stains, varnishes, lacquers. Yeah, stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Um, So try and also go Mm water-based and look for green certifications because there's a lot of green certifications in that category. Um, Floors, FSC wood or sustainably sourced wood. Um, FSC, there is a price premium. So if you can't, you know, if that doesn't work in your budget, make sure you ask some questions about where the wood is sourced. I would say, okay, so upholstered goods, I think try and avoid or try and avoid um, products that are made or sofas that are made with um, foam and instead get um, latex, like natural latex wrapped in wool as an alternative because then you don't have to worry about flame retardants being mm-hmm. added to the product. So I think that that's a good rule of thumb for upholstered products um those are great that's a really good uh, I think that was like a really good top three big impact areas to look at and I think that those pretty much align with mine as well um so those are things that we should be on the lookout for is there anything that you can think of that you've seen get better since you've, you've been doing this work, like in real time? Like for me, I've seen just um, an overall awareness grow. I've seen a few more, you know, things become available in terms of choices. And, and, and that could be both, excuse me, sustainable or eco-friendly, whichever umbrella you want to put it under or I mean sustainable and non-toxic. And, um, and I've seen a lot of, a lot more awareness about flame retardants and maybe a little bit about VOCs too. Um, so is there anything that you are like really glad that you think we are doing a good job on as an industry and educating people about? Absolutely. So I think materials are becoming the forefront Um, it's really the next level of sustainability. So I think um, first it was about being energy efficient and now we're really looking at materials. So there's just been this proliferation of, um, you know, green third party certifications for materials. And there's the, all these organizations that um, are trying to make manufacturers um, be more transparent with their ingredients. um, And that really helps them know what's in their products and also how to um, improve it. And the manufacturers actually who are the most um, green are actually um, making a lot more profits than those that are not. I Um, love that. I hope everyone hears that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, 
And I would check out also what um, the International Living Future Institute is doing. Um, they oversee the Living Building Challenge and they have a um, what's called the Declare label. And that's on a lot of different products that list the, um, the ingredients on them. And it also says whether they have um, they're on the watch list uh, on the watch list or which the, is like uh the red list the no no list yeah the no no list and that's over like 800 chemicals and they're they're declare the number of manufacturers that are doing declare labels has really grown so it just shows that um it's gaining a lot of popularity that's great. So tell us uh, now a little bit more about what your work looks like at Wise Matter and what you're doing on the day-to-day. Sure. So I work with residential build teams. So I work with interior designers, contractors, architects, homeowners. I'm kind of like the, the center person a little bit because the homeowner comes to me, the contractor comes to me, and I help um, either vet products. So a contractor says, hey, could I use this um, sealant or interior design? Hey, could I use this sealant? Could I use this floor? And I'm like, "Eh, that's a little funky. Like, why don't we go this way? Why don't we choose this product? Or sometimes I just make a, like, do some guidelines. Like, you know, um, well, this is kind of getting into more um, contractor and less interior design, but the first thing that comes to mind is like insulation, right? Mm -hmm. So like, let's go to like natural insulation instead of foam insulation or- Like hemp, go buy hemp insulation and install that or whatever. Right, or cellulose or Mm -hmm. rock wool, something like Mm -hmm. that. Um, But yeah, so I work really closely with them to vet products. And my process really looks at looking at the documentation that's available for the manufacturer, checking out what chemicals um, the manufacturer lists, and then um, cross-referencing that to a lot of different red lists. So there's like a bunch of red lists that have a, you know, uh, hundreds of different chemicals of concern. California has one. Um, the architecture company, Perkins and Will, um, the European, um, what is it called? The European Chemical Agency mm-hmm. has one. Um, the ILFI has one. So I, I compare what's in the product to those lists. I can't stress enough what important work this is because if you, if anyone listening is less familiar, it's, it's so the reason why all of us are doing this is because it's the wild west out there in terms of any oversight. So certifications, standards, uh, data behind, uh, harmful chemicals, testing chemicals on human health. There's so many gaps, um, between in all of those categories, there's so everything is a big patchwork. Nothing is clear to the consumer and it requires a lot of your own research. There's, and the reason is because there's no 
top-down oversight pretty much in this country. There's like five chemicals that are banned out of, we talk about this all the time out of, you know, however many, like 50,000 or whatever it is since or more since um, World War II and before. So, and in terms of supply chains and the sustainability there, it can be tricky to track. Um, there's a lot going on under the umbrella of eco-friendly, whether you're looking at the sustainability side or the non-toxic human health side. And so your work is so important because with that patchwork, there's a variety of, you know, nonprofits that have sprung up trying to plug these holes and the gaps in the, in the system and there's also greenwashing. And then there's also no regulation that states that we need to have ingredient lists in materials or, you know, not allow certain things into <laughs> baby cribs. There's, there's just no one out, no one looking out. So it's, you know, people doing some things the best that they can, and we need people to tie it all together, get out their magnifying glass and interpret for the rest of us. And that's why your work is so important and valuable. And green designers and myself try and make an effort to do this. And, the, and we streamline it a little bit by kind of going good, better, best. Um, and my approach at least, and some of the other designers I've had on there describes, A, trying to go for natural products, B, trying to go for products that have declaration of being sourced responsibly or are meeting certain criteria. And then obviously the best is having a third party audited certified body with that label on it. Um, but maybe even like platinum would be to have uh, it being cross-referenced, investigated a little bit more um, like with the work that you're doing. So I just um, think it's a really, really interesting role that you're filling and hopefully we'll see more of you pop up um, and kind of help fill in more of those gaps in this industry. And let me ask you, do you, are you only working with new builds or renovations or um, would designers listening or whomever listening be able to reach out to you and get information on uh, materials on behalf of their design product project or tell us how that would work? Sure. So I don't, I work um, across the board. So I do new construction, major renovations, but also like cosmetic Mm -hmm. um work so say somebody needs like to source sustainable beautiful furniture um or wants to change their um paint on their wall um it really could be um from like really big projects to really small ones mm -hmm. great so is there anything else that you want us to know that we haven't covered either about your work or the industry as a whole Mm hmm. Um, I would say that um, eco-friendly homes just feel better. They feel better. They are the products that you're putting into them are made with intention. That intention is for your health and the health of the planet. And um, 
I think that really resonates in how a home feels. It resonates with the energy of the home. So we could talk about the chemicals and, you know, the sourcing and, and though that's really important, but I think um, not to sound woo, um, but the subtle energy of the home feels better because it's aligned with the natural world and yourself. And it's um, really trying to harmonize the built environment with the natural environment. And I think that's really a beautiful thing. I love that so much. And, you know, um, that's not too woo-woo. That's actually the second time I've heard that sentiment. And I love it. The universe is enforcing it upon me to recognize a little bit more. So thank you so much for sharing that. Um, Is there one place where listeners can find you, hire you? Yeah, sure. Um, You could go to my website. Mm -hmm. It's uh, wise, W-I-S-E dash matter m-a-t-t-e-r dot com great okay i'm sure um there'll be a lot of us (laughs) knocking on your door um well thank you so much for sharing your really valuable insight and your process and the work that you do and even just letting people know that this service exists with you and hopefully others and um I so appreciate your valuable time. So thank you so much for joining today. Yeah, thank you for doing this. I think it's so important, the work that you're doing. Um, And it's been my pleasure. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll catch you next time. Okay, bye.